31 Nights of Halloween. And today we have a special story brought to you by a special friend. Ed Webb wrote this story and it is creepy and fabulous. Some of y'all might know him because he is a regular at all of the watch parties that we do on Sundays. He is a fellow creepster and he has sent in two really good sinister sighting stories. So when he said that he had written one, That was fictional, so he couldn't send it in. We were like, um, we have the perfect platform for it for 31 Nights of Halloween. So we hope you enjoy it. It's spooky. It has that old-timey radio feel that really sets the mood. So sit back and enjoy it and creep it real and and don't get scared. I'll be brief. I'm an urban explorer. I found this journal while exploring an abandoned, decrepit, insane asylum that had been closed down since sometime in the 40s. I think it belonged to one of the doctors, and it seems to be a collection of stories written by the patients. I shouldn't have picked this journal up, though. I sure as hell shouldn't have brought it home with me. I don't know why I did, honestly, but since finding it, my dreams have been troubled. This story in particular stands out to me. Some of the notes in the journal indicate that the author was a former night watchman who murdered a young girl in the warehouse he worked at before trying and failing to take his own life. I was never one who particularly believed in the paranormal, though all the same I gave such matters a healthy respect and even stepped lightly had talk of the occult ever reared itself in my presence. Having been raised in a lower middle class home, I was chided in my upbringing by my mother, a strong realist woman who professed her faith in both demons and angels, yet would be hard pressed to attend a Sunday meeting of hypocrites. I believed, as my upbringing ensured, that to speak of such matters was to open a door wide enough for any manner of evils to pour through. I had never touched the Ouija boards and never at my boldest would I ever dream of consulting a mystic fortune teller. I prefer to keep my enemies in my own realm. And everything seemed to work out well. That is until my 26th year when I accepted a position as night watchman at a secluded warehouse on the outskirts of town. My duties were simple enough. I was to patrol the property at regular intervals to ensure that no trespassers were present and no damages sustained to the property. The pay was excellent, and for the first couple months everything went as well as could be hoped. 
It was not until my third month on the job that the event took place. I was enjoying a pipe of robust tobacco and reading a detective novel to while away the time between patrols. I dog-eared the book for later and leaned back in my chair, tipping the seat onto its back legs. In the back of my head, I could hear my moral upbringing telling me that to sit like that was a sign of a disrespectful slob. No sooner had I stifled my thoughts than I had heard a shrill scream from outside the office. My blood ran cold. I toppled back in the chair in a fashion one could call comical. I should have been embarrassed, but the sound of the shriek stuck in my ears and for a moment I could not move, let alone worry about my pride. Scrambling on my feet, I drew my sidearm from its heavy leather holster on my hip. I gripped it tightly in one hand while raising the lantern with the other. I found that my feet were like cement, and I had to force myself to the doorway that led into the warehouse's main floor, which was only dimly lit by sporadic lanterns. Though unfortunately, there happened to be more area hidden by shadows than visible by lamplight. I peered for a moment into the room, straining to hear something anything through the silence of the warehouse and the beating of my own heart. My throat was dry, and my voice cracked as I called out. Hello? After several heartbeats, and there being no reply, I cleared my throat and spoke again with a more confident tone. Hello? Is uh, someone there? Are you hurt? There was no response, and with the adrenaline that had been brought on by the scare fading away, the room felt larger and lonelier than I had remembered. I tried as softly as I could as I made my way out of the office to investigate. I tried to rationalize my predicament and convince myself I had not heard the shriek, but suddenly the door to the guard office slammed shut behind me with such force that the roots of my molars ached and my eyes seemed to shake. I ducked onto my heels and I spun to meet the culprit barrel first, but when I turned, there was no one there. I swallowed hard and continued to investigate when I heard a skittering sound at the back of the warehouse. That would be a blasphemous lie to say that I held myself with solid composure. My knees were shaking almost as much as my hands. My breath was shallow, and before I knew it, my uniform was soaked in a cold sweat, which didn't help the tremors in both my hands and knees. For a long minute, all I could do was breathe. I drew curds from a prayer. Now, I say prayer, but the truth is I simply begged any and all beings of higher power to allow me the strength to take the next step, for at that moment, I had felt utterly frozen in my tracks. I heard the sound of footsteps heading up the metal steps to the catwalk overlooking the warehouse. I set myself in that direction. Suddenly, that horrible shriek sounded for a second time. This time, though, I could hear it better. It wasn't just a voice of a frightened woman. No, this time it was as if two voices had been overlapped. The second voice was that of a man who had a very deep timbre. The silence in the wake of the scream was deafening, and I decided that it was time for me to leave this cursed warehouse to hell with my duty. But just as I was reaching for the handle to the door that would get me out of this nightmare, I heard a soft sob from the opposite side of the room. Now, I was never thought to be an ignorant man. I knew I needed to leave immediately, but there was something in the sobs which forced my hand to fall away from the knob. I turned towards the sobs and could barely make out a body. Mostly, the body was hidden by the shadows, 
but there had been just enough light to reveal a young girl, no older than twelve, sobbing into her hands. Her blonde locks fell down over her arms, further hiding her face. Reluctantly, I approached the shadowed figure, cursing myself mentally. I knew, deep down, that this was not right. I told myself to leave the girl crying because she could not really be there. It was impossible. Sadly, I could not turn tail and run if this little girl needed help. It hurts so bad. The soft voice sobbed as I approached. What does? I heard myself stammer, but the voice of the girl continued to speak as if I had not made a sound. She was muttering to herself. I reached out and touched her elbow gently when the girl's eyes shot up in a flash and met my gaze. The sight I beheld in that moment was truly terrifying. The girl's eyes were large black orbs shining with the reflection of my lantern. I tried to rush away, but a claw-like hand shot up and gripped my forearm with an unholy strength. I think I screamed. No, it's a fib. I know I screamed. I struggled in vain to get away while the evil creature rose calmly to her feet. Her tattered clothes were covered in blood. And when she opened her mouth to scream, that horrible two-toned scream, blood and black ichor streamed like a waterfall from behind rotten fang-like teeth. This was far too much for me. I summoned all of my courage and all of my strength, and I raised my pistol in the air and brought the butt of the heavy revolver down on the demon's skull. This caused the thing's grip to loosen slightly, and I sprinted to the door. I gripped the brass knob and twisted it, but it would not open. I jerked with the door with all my weight, and there was no give. I looked back at the room in time to see the thing bend forward on its knees. There was a sickening sound of kneecaps snapping and ligaments tearing. The demon now stood on all fours like a bull preparing to charge. As if it would not get any more grotesque, the demon flung its head backwards with such force that the flesh of what was its throat ripped open. Blood erupted from the new tear, coating me in an oily red fluid that seemed to burn any exposed skin it came in contact with. The creature snapped its head forward once again and began cackling. I ran. I ran as fast as my piss-soaked legs would carry me, and without thinking I reached the steps to the catwalk and ran up them quickly two at a time. The demon leapt upward, and upon my reaching the top, the demon landed in the center of the catwalk. Now at this point, I was through. I raised the pistol to the demon and I began shooting my heavy slugs into the creature's face. The delivery of the thirty-eight caliber round forced the creature to dip to one side, appearing stunned. I seized the opportunity, I ran to the nearest window, and I threw myself out.